Well, praise the Lord. Amen. That'll make a backslidden Baptist want to shout. What a friend we have in Jesus. Turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, we pick up uh, where we left off last week. Brother Case did a marvelous job on preaching on uh, salt and light. And uh, we pick up in verse 17 as we think about the fulfillment of the law. Let me say thank you uh, to those who uh, have prayed for us and... uh, uh, you know, you really don't know how much to appreciate a church family until you get out and really need them. And uh, you're the sweetest family. And I know others of you have experienced that, and I praise God for that. Continue to pray for Becky. She's doing good. Uh, she's hollering at me some now, so things are back getting to normal. And uh, I know none of you guys know what that's like, but... Uh, it, uh, you know, uh, anyway, I, I better just move on. She's watching this, I'm sure. I sure love my wife, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Married way over my head. Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 17, it's good to have our children with us. This is a fifth Sunday, and uh, it's always thrilling. Uh, that means, uh, as my wife said, kiss when we went out this morning, I said, that's so sweet. She said, that means keep it short, stupid. That's what that means because the kids are with you all today. Matthew 5, verse 17. Would you stand in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word? The Bible said, think not that I've come to destroy the law or the prophets, for I've not come to destroy but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot, or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach them men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Father, thank you this morning. Thank you for what a friend we have in you. Thank you, Lord, that we come into this place this morning, some excited, some discouraged, some frustrated, some with joy, some with bitterness. Lord, I pray today your Holy Spirit would so engulf this place. People would not hear men and they would not see words and all of those things, but I pray, oh God, they touch and feel the Holy Spirit of God in this place, that you would have your way in every heart from our children all the way up through senior adults. Lord, have your way in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated as we come. We're reminded that the, this is the most powerful message preached by the most powerful preacher that's ever lived on the face of the earth, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's dealt with the blessedness of life in the Beatitudes. And then he switched and transitioned from the Beatitudes, the blessed of life, over to the what we call the ministerial uh, uh, servanthood, which is literally because you have the uh, Beatitudes, then in turn you turn around and you become the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And now we transition again 
uh, discourse that deals with the righteousness of God and how humanity can obtain that righteousness. You cannot be saved without the righteousness of Jesus Christ. There's no way possible that you'll ever get to heaven apart from his righteousness. And the only way we can obtain that righteousness is through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ. You're not going to get it anywhere else. You can, you can make up different ways, and there are, the world makes a lot of different ways, but it's impossible to obtain the righteousness of Christ without going through the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross. And so he addresses this here. It's prominent in his day because many of the Jews had misunderstood. The majority of them were depending upon their lineage of Abraham to get them into heaven. They said, we're going to do the right moral things, and we're going to keep all the laws, and we're going to understand all this, and because we're of the father Abraham, we're all right. Jesus comes and blows up their bubble and says, look, if you don't have more righteousness than the scribes and Pharisees, oh, we thought they were righteous. We thought they were the righteousness. Jesus said, if you don't have more righteousness than that, you're never going to get into heaven. So look with me there. Verse 17, we see the purpose of the Lord. He comes because there's some confusion about his purpose. He said, think not that I'm come to destroy the law or the prophets. Uh, The Jews wanted him to come, set up his kingdom here on this earth, put them in all different higher offices and everything, and everything going to be, we're going to run this show. We're going to do all of this stuff. It's going to all be wonderful. But that's not what Jesus came for. We need to consider their standard of expectation here. Uh, They loved the Word of God. They believed the Word of God. They, They acted on every jot and tittle of the Word of God. The problem was they were hearing the Word of God translated through a bunch of scribes and Pharisees that if you didn't do it their way, you didn't do it. And it was wrong. They held a a strict adherence to the traditions of the Pharisees. And anybody that disregarded those traditions or challenged them in any way, they're heathen. They're heathen. Don't bring anything up. Jesus in Matthew 15, 3 said, He answered and said unto them, Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? See, most of them thought he was coming to destroy the Old Testament, to wipe it out. And yet Jesus is saying, hey, we're, a, we're not come here to destroy. We've come to fulfill. And so we're reminded now, uh, before you say, you don't remember, preacher. I do remember. I know this is kingdom living. I know there's one day we're going to be in a glorified body and we're going to be able to keep all of these things. There's not going to be any problem whatsoever. But I still say that right now, even though we're not in kingdom living, we ought to have the king living in our hearts. And we ought to follow the righteousness of Christ even right now. It ought, listen, we ought to be striving to live like Jesus and to be like Je- I wouldn't give you a plug nickel for a Christian that don't want to live a victorious life. Good grief. You be in the mully grubs if you want to. I've been in them before too. You can wallow around in the mud all you want to. But I tell you, Jesus said, greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. You don't have to stay down there. You can get up. And that's what he's telling us here. Uh, I heard about the little boy. Same thing works for churches. It works for for people too. Man, I'll tell you, you can just go. I've been in some churches. Lord, have mercy. 
Isn't it so great to be able to preach after music like this? It's uplifting and all. I've been in churches before in revivals and all, and you think, dear God, we're going to have to resurrect somebody here before I ever get up. It's dead. It's 4 o'clock. It's like a funeral home here. Uh, uh, A little boy walked past four churches to get to a downtown church where he went to Sunday school and worship services. And they got him, and they said, little boy, why, why do you walk all the way down there to go to church? And he said this, he looked up at him and he said, because down there they love a little boy. I want to tell you, if you don't think people can't tell whether you're a church that's going to love people or not, you're wrong. Most folk, now there's some, fell off a turnip truck last night, but most of you in this place got a little sense. You you understand what I'm talking about. The love of Jesus. If you're going to, I got to get on here. He he says if you're going to be happy, if you're going to be blessed, those that mourn, those that are poor in spirit, those of the meek, the hunger and thirst after righteousness, over and over again, blessed are ye, blessed are ye. And then you're to be the salt of the earth. You're to be saving. You're to be a seasoning. You're to be something that flavors this world. And then you're to be the light of the world. It's exposed. It's on the outside there. It is to function so that you can bring honor and glory to the Father in heaven. That's what sharing the light's all about. We're the ones who ought to be setting the flavor in the world today. I'm afraid, though, that the world is setting a lot of flavor in the church. I know uh, I'm old and, and getting older. I know that. But I want to tell you, I just want to warn you as a church, and I've warned our staff Just because the world's doing something, it looks like a big fad, don't mean that we need to bring it into the house of God. There's some stuff I want to tell you out here that uh, they call music, and I'm all for, you know me. You've known me for 15 years. I love new music. I love challenges. I love all that other stuff. But I want to tell you something, folks. We've got to be careful that what we bring into the house of God honors and glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ. Because there's a lot of folk just trying to do that today to get a crowd. We've talked about that this last week. Becky and I were out at Mason Creek. We'd gone out there and was just sitting and praying. And she said, you know, the same thing goes out here that went to Woodland Hills. If you just get off your high horse and not preach so hard and, and make sin so plain, people would come out here. They'd enjoy that. Well, what would you have when you had it? I, I, we're the ones who ought to be setting the flavor. So there's a, a confirmation of his purpose also. He said, I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Now, the, 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 the confusion here, it's not his intention to destroy that which God had said he came to fulfill the plan of God. The Son of God and God the Father have never been on different pages with one another. They've always, Jesus is the embodiment of the Scripture. So they've always been on the same page together. So he's saying, I didn't come to destroy the law. Well, we thought you were. We thought you were going to wipe all that stuff out when the Messiah comes. No, no, I came to fulfill it. Now, you're saying, oh, now wait a minute. That means he came to fulfill it so that we still got to live out every jot and tittle of the law. No, that's not what he came to fulfill it means. He came to fulfill it. Listen, the law never would save anybody. You cannot get saved through the law. All the law would do would show you that you need to be saved. 
So now Jesus comes along and he said, I know the law says you've got to do this. You've got to have the sacrifice in order to be saved. But I've come to fulfill the law. When I get through and the cross is over with and the tomb is empty, I have fulfilled the law so that you don't need any other sacrifice other than what Jesus has already sacrificed on the cross. Every word Jesus spoke, every miracle he performed, every rebuke he gave to the religious elite, his birth, his life, his death, all were according to the word of God. It would have been impossible for him to act contrary to the word of God because he is the word of God. And then there's the completion of his purpose. You say, what is the completion of it? Well, he said in verse 18, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Now he's come to fulfill the law and he would accomplish that and all the word proclaimed would come to pass, not just one jot or tittle, dotting the I's, crossing the T's here, nothing would fail. Now what does that mean? That means that this book, this word is preserved. He said the word of God will endure. Hey, let me tell you something, Mr. Congressman, make all the laws you want to. This is going to endure. This is preserved. It's already settled in heaven what this is. You're not going to change it. The United Nations is not going to change it. The European market is not going to. The Democrats, the Republicans are not going to change it. Nobody's going to change it because it's already settled. It is preserved. He said in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Psalm 12, 6, the words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. The word of God is true. It's not going to change. But not only is it preserved, the word of God perseveres. Perseveres. Now, that's a word we don't use much anymore. We don't like that. See, this generation we live in now is if you do it about 15 minutes and you don't like it, just quit and go somewhere else. Just do something else. I never will forget. I probably use this here, but you get old, you don't remember if you told it or not. So just act like you've never heard it. My first car was a 1961 Ford Falcon. Love that car. <laughs> you could pull up to a stop sign. You couldn't see the car for the smoke all around it, but, but it was my car. It was my car. And I'll never forget the starter went out in the thing, and I climbed underneath it. You know, you worked on your own cars back then. You didn't carry them to a garage. We had Gomer and Wally over there, and that was about it. And uh, so we, we did our own. And I got two of those bolts out real quick on that starter. That third one, though, I'd done hit my knuckles. And I, I don't know, I, was, I guess 18, 17, 18. And uh, under there, and man, it was just, I, I, I couldn't do it. I just got out. Oh, well, I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, Somebody's going to have to cut it out. Something's going to have to happen. My daddy said, uh, where's the starter? Let's go get you another starter. I said, daddy, can't, can't get it. Won't come out. Won't come out. He said, sure, it'll come out. It went in, it come out. I said, no, no, I done been under there. It won't come out. I got two out of three. And I remember, now he was older because I was old. He was 50 years old when I was born. My great-grandfather fought in the Civil War. Not my great-great-grandfather. My great-grandfather fought in the Civil War. So my daddy was about 70 at this time. And I saw him get under that car. Of course, I had 
blankets and sheets and all. He didn't fool with any of that. He just got under it. And I promise you, that, that bolt could not be turned in one thirty-second of an inch. But just patiently, patiently. And in a few minutes, seemed like an hour, he came out with that starter and he said, Son, it's called perseverance. Perseverance. I wonder how many times we've quit before God had something special for us. Perseverance. The Word of God is preserved, but it's also going to be persevered. Every promise that's been made, every prophecy that's been foretold, every judgment, every warning, every, everything that's ever been brought about is going to come about according to God's plan. It's going to be God's plan. The world may deny Him. The world may reject His Word forever. O Lord, Psalm 119.89, thy word is settled in heaven. 1 Peter 1.25, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word by the gospel which is preached unto you. How we need to understand that this word is preserved, this word will persevere, and this word is proclaimed of the Lord. He speaks here in a Comp, uh, uh, a recklessness. He said in verse 19, whoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments, teach men so, he'll be called least in the kingdom of God. Now he's talking to Christians here because he's talking about the kingdom of God. He said if you do that, you're going to be called the least in the kingdom of God. He's speaking to those who are born again. <clears throat> we, get, we need to realize the importance of what Jesus has said. These are strong words here. These are strong words. This warning is extended. If you're teaching a Sunday school class this morning, you think you're just trying to highlight your students and make them think you're a good teacher, you better, you better, no, you're going to be held accountable for what you teach. Boy, this is a warning to every pastor that gets in a pulpit that you better make sure you're prayed up and you've rightly divided the Word of God. And, and the Word of God rightly divided according to what God says, not according to what men want, but according to what God says. It's a sobering rebuke. I don't want to stand accountable to the Lord for willfully disobeying His Word or being deceptive in my teaching of the Word. Now you say, preacher, why are you laying all this, this groundwork? Because in the next few weeks, you're going to be mad as rip at the preacher. When we come on down here a little bit further down here, you better get this understood that it's not your preacher telling you this, it's the Word of God telling you this. Hmm. May we seek according to live according to His Word for 180 years. Our country founded on the Word of God, taught the Word of God, Put the Ten Commandments up. But in 1980, suddenly the Supreme Court says you can't put the commandments up. You can't pray at graduation. And now we sit around 50 years later wondering, how did we get in the mess that we've got in? Huh? Now, I don't want to be doom and gloom. But according to what I read in this book, things are not going to get a whole lot better. They're going to get worse. And for every child of God, we'd better learn to stand on the Word of God. He speaks also of reward. 
Whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So just like there are those who are recklessly teaching the word of God, and you can turn on any radio station or television station and find them. We've got denominations that are barking like dogs, and then somebody goes and tries to find a scripture for it. That's ridiculous. You, you, you read the Word of God, and our doctrine ought to come out of the Word of God, not our traditions here, and then trying to make the Word of God fit it. That's what the Pharisees were doing. There's every kind of church in this area you can want. And I'm not belittling them. I, I'm all, whatever, I'm all for it. I'm just saying if you say, well, preacher, I don't like uh, preaching like that. I don't like what we're doing here. There's 96 different Southern Baptist churches within a 15-mile radius of here. Surely one of them would melt your butter. I'm just saying. I, I, but, but while you're here, you're going to hear the Word of God. And, and you're going to hear it from all these Sunday school teachers too. We're going to cram it down you as hard as we can. Because I believe we're living in last days. And these are days where we need to hold on to the Word of God. We're seeing in our country, and I'm not, I, you know me, I'm not political Starting next Sunday, we're going to register you to vote out here. Uh, but I'm not political at all. Amen. I'm not political. You, you vote for whoever you want to. I'm not telling you that. I'm just telling you every born-again child of God needs to go vote at the voting place. Every child of God. If Christians would stand up for the Word of God, we wouldn't be in the mess we're in right now. Now, we're in the mess and it's going to take a bigger mess to get us out of the mess. So persevere to the end. So he's speaking of reward, just like there's those who, who recklessly teach the Word of God. There are those who are faithful to the Word of God, seeking to live by the Word of God and share it in truth. We're entrusted with the Word of God. Our lives have to be light for the Word of God. 1 Thessalonians 2, 4, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, listen now, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. I could quote scripture after scripture. He speaks of redemption here in verse 20. Except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter the kingdom of heaven. Now keep in mind, He's dealing with Jews that were taught to live according to the traditions and the standards of the Pharisees. That's what he's taught. That's what these people have been taught. It's a priority. To get to heaven, you're going to have to have the righteousness of God. You can have all of the good uh, moral facts. You can come to church every time the door's open. You can give more money than anybody else. You can come and pay off building for eternity. We'll slap you on the back. We'll say hallelujah, praise the Lord. We'll put your name in every bulletin that from now to Jesus comes if you want to do that. But if you think that's going to buy you eternal life into heaven, you're wrong. It will not get you anywhere. The only way you're going to get to heaven is through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It is a priority. We must be counted righteous if we're going to enter heaven. Secondly, it's purity. Except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Now, that, that's a pretty profound truth there. We've got to be righteous. But those, the righteousness of those men we think is really good. <laughs> hey, whew, do you know every once in a while people can fool you? I mean, can you, can you just imagine 
that dear mama whispering in the ears of Jesus. And people out in the crowd are saying, look at her. She's so spiritual. She's walking with the Lord. And you know what she's whispering? Now, Lord, I want one of my boys to sit on your left side and one sit on your right side. Boy, that's spiritual, isn't it? Mm. Listen, we've got to exceed that righteousness. I don't care every moral code, every church you attend, memorize, quote scripture, give money, serve people, you would still be lacking because righteousness is not obtained by works. You get saved and then you should do the works. But you do not do the works in order to get saved. It's impossible. West read it wonderfully in Romans uh, uh, 6, but also in Romans 10, the Bible says, I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Wow. Mm. And then there's a... <laughs> a line here of poverty. He said, except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you'll no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. See, there's a lot of these folk thought that day that they'd live good enough to get into heaven. Many thought they were rich in their own righteousness. They thought they were somebody. We've been doing this a long time now, Lord. We're faithful here to this church. We're here every time the doors are open. We even come on Wednesday night, Lord. They thought they were rich, but he wasn't pleased with what he saw. And I want to tell you, you do all you want to do. It's never going to please the Lord. The only thing that's going to please the Lord is when you humble yourself and you say, Lord Jesus, I'm nothing. And you're everything. And the only way that I can get in inheritance into the kingdom of God is by surrendering my all and making you Lord of my life. And then I can in, 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 live eternally. <clears throat> what have we done with the word of God? Have we allowed it to transform our lives? Or have we taken the word of God kind of like we do down at Luby's? I'll have a little of that. No, don't put that on it. I don't like that. Whoo, don't put no liver on my plate. No, I'll pass. And we pick and choose what we want out of the Word of God. We'll stand, we'll stand accountable for everything ourselves. People have been persecuted. Even this morning, I was talking with uh, some guys in, in uh, Kenya and Somalia there had executed some more Christians. They're ahead of us, so it's already Sunday night over there. Going into a church and executed more. There are people dying for the cause of Christ today, right now. I know you think, well, you know, you know, our biggest complaint here is the air conditioner is too cold. And then when we try to drop it a degree, then it gets too hot. And the cold is better. It keeps you awake a little bit better. 1573, Will Campbell wrote of a woman who prayed fervently for her children. The true story, her name was Macon Wins. She was an Anabaptist. 
I don't have time to get into the history of all that. But I want to tell you the real truth is we're not evangelicals. We come from the Anabaptist group. We've been fighting all our lives. Those of you who love John Calvin, John Calvin had the Anabaptist put to death. That's how much he loved them. She was an Anabaptist and she lived and she was arrested for proclaiming the gospel of Christ as she understood it by reading her Bible. You know, that's what the leadership and all don't want you to do. Don't, don't, don't get the Bible yourself. We'll tell you what to believe. We'll tell you what you need to know. No, you, you better have a Bible. When you go home today, you need to look up what I told you. And if it's not true, you come see me, and I'll send you over to Brother Case, and he'll straighten you out. <laughs> they arrested her, and they let her go, and she kept testifying and witnessing. They arrested her, and they let her go, and she kept testifying. She had a 15-year-old teenager and a 3-year-old little boy, teenager Adrian and little 3-year-old Matthew. Finally, they arrested her and had a trial. They determined that the only way to shut the lady up was to put her to death. So they're going to burn her at the stake, put her to death. But they said, there's something we need to do. We need to take a big screw and screw up through her tongue to the roof of her mouth so that while she's walking on the road to be burned to death, she can't testify about Jesus as she's going. And they did that. The little 15-year-old standing there and the little 3-year-old holding hands with him. When the fire got going, the smoke got going, the 15-year-old passed out and fainted watching his mama. And they had four others killed that day too for the same thing. Would not quit telling people about Jesus. When he came to, there was nothing but just ashes. And he went over and he knelt down and sifted through all of those ashes to find that screw that was in his mama's mouth. And he held on to it. And his prayer was that he could tell folk about Jesus just like his mama did. Now, folks, I don't know where you are. Isaac Watts wrote a hymn years ago. He said, Am I a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb? Shall I fear to own his cause or blush to speak his name? That's some powerful words. We're living in society where people are talking. I know the kids are with us, so... I'm just saying they're talking ungodly. And we ain't even got enough backbone to say, Sir, would you please not say that? He goes on to say, Must I be carried to the skies on flowery beds of ease while others fought to win the prize and sailed through bloody seas? Since I must fight if I would reign, increase my courage, Lord. I'll bear the toil. I'll endure the pain, supported by thy word. Peter said it like this in a modern translation. He said, dear friends, don't be surprised 
at the painful trial that you're suffering as though something strange was happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you're blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. I can't help but think as we continue to march forward, God's been so good to us. We've seen one miracle after another, sitting out here in this congregation, miracle after miracle after miracle. We was over at Mason Creek a while ago. Lena Cooper couldn't move, couldn't speak, couldn't do nothing. She's out there raising her hands, praising the Lord. Doctors say there's no hope. We've seen God do miracle after miracle. I'm just thinking in these last days that in order for God to be pleased, we're going to have to stand together as a church, standing on the precious, inerrant Word of God, saying, it's settled. You do whatever you want to to me, it's settled. I'm not worried about it. My God's got it under control. Maybe this morning you're here and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. And this morning you could say, I need you, Lord. I need you. And this morning, you, you say, well, I know all about God. And, and, and I've been claiming I've been a Christian. And I come to church. And, man, if I went down there now, what in the world would people say? Well, I'll tell you what the godly people will say. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'll tell you what the kinfolk up in heaven would say. They'd be rejoicing around the angels. So I'm going to invite you to come and accept Christ as your personal Savior. Maybe today you need a church home. Man, there's not a better church this side of heaven. I'm not telling you it's perfect. Y'all got a pastor that's got a little flaw. But I'm telling you, I believe with all my heart, we're going to work till Jesus comes. We're going to stand on the Word of God. And I know not everybody's going to buy into that. But I think when all the smoke clears, there are going to be folk who will still be in this building. They'll say, I'm not renouncing Christ. I'm going all the way with my Jesus. Father, thank you this morning for allowing us to gather together to worship you. No other person is worthy of our worship and praise. And, Lord, we realize that these are horrific days that we're living in. It reminds us of the Old Testament where you said to watch when people started calling good evil and evil good. And that's what we're seeing today. But, oh, God, I pray for the people in this building today. You would strengthen us, that we would resolve that no matter what happened in this world, no matter what comes our way, we're not backing down. We're going to stand up for Jesus. We're going to follow you until the day you call us home. Lord, would you let your will be done in this invitation time? We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you 